I am very excited and delighted to tell you that your chronic illness ally is once again enrolling. If you're new around here, your chronic illness ally is the supportive home, the program, the community and the coaching space for you to learn how to reframe the role that your chronic illness plays in your life. It guides you off of that conveyor belt of constantly trying to fix and heal your chronic illness and teaches you how to tap into the wisdom of your body that's being communicated via your chronic illness so that you can channel it, channel that wisdom, channel that intelligence into living the big, beautiful life you dream about. If you enjoy this podcast, you will certainly love your chronic illness ally. There is a link to it in the show notes, but let me tell you, the funnest way to learn more about it is to do my quiz. And once you've done that, pop your email in at the end to learn more. And then sit back as I help you explore your unique support style, which will help you make an informed choice about whether your chronic illness ally is a hell yes fit for you. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Because there is so, so much growth that happens. It's just more beneath the surface. It's at that core foundational level and it provides such a well-established springboard come late spring or summer. Welcome to the Reframing Chronic Illness podcast with me, Alana Holloway, chronic illness coach, podcaster and writer. This is the place to listen to, think about and question the common narrative that surrounds what a life with chronic illness looks like. Moving away from the fix, reject, fight, resist narrative, you'll find loads of stuff here about how chronic illness can be your guide, ally and superpower. It's my belief that chronic illness can actually be a really valued thing in our lives. This podcast and my work as a coach is all about helping you explore that value and purpose and opening yourself up to the idea that working with your chronic illness can lead you towards a more joyful, peaceful, healing and fulfilled life. Can I ask a favour? As you know, I want this podcast in the ears of as many people living with chronic illness as possible. It is my mission to change the way chronic illness is viewed, talked about and experienced by society as a whole and, or firstly I suppose, by anyone experiencing chronic illness themselves. So can you think of one person, just one, who would benefit from listening to reframing chronic illness? That could be a family member you'd like to make more aware of your journey and where you're at at the moment. It could be a chronic illness fellow or perhaps someone you see as part of your healthcare. Think therapists, coaches, doctors, body workers, etc. Just one person. Press the forward arrow and send it to them now. Thank you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Also, while you're at it, please go ahead and subscribe to this podcast. You know that although I aim to get weekly episodes to you, I'm not always like clockwork when it comes to the release day. I am becoming okay with that, by the way. I think it's the way that suits me best for now. Subscribing takes some of the mental load away from having to remember to search for something you want to listen to, but, you know, it's just on your brain and subscribing really helps because... You can just go onto your podcast app and up pops whatever new episode there is in the list. Now to today's episode. Okay, so last week was all about how I'd experienced growth in the summer of my chronic illness cycle. If you haven't yet listened to that, pop it on your up next list. And today I want to talk about how I'm preparing for the winter of my chronic illness cycle, or five things I'm focusing on to support a joyful, calm and progressive winter. As I mentioned in last week's episode, the seasons of my chronic illness cycle coincide with the Earth's seasons. And if anyone knows the proper term for them, you know, the Earth's seasons, please let me know because I just don't know what to call them. (laughs) Of course, those of us in the Northern Hemisphere still have a whole season before winter comes. But whilst enjoying all that autumn has to offer me, I also like to use it to kind of runway me into winter. As a bit of background, ever since I experienced topical steroid withdrawal as part of my eczema experience over a decade ago, I have dreaded winter. And before that, when people said they dread winter, I always be like, what are you talking about? You know, I never used to, it wasn't my favourite season, but you know, it was kind of okay. But something about the combination of a decline in my health or that decline in my health during and following topical steroid withdrawal, growing older and having more responsibilities, it all kind of culminated together and made it a season that I actively disliked. As I say, I dreaded it. My chronic illness would always become more active and I didn't know how to experience that in a way that was supportive of myself and my body. I kind of just let it happen and let it get out of a place that I felt comfortable with. And I just kind of put it down to, you know, this is winter, this is how my chronic illness is in the winter. Living under the societal quote-unquote rules of chronic illness meant that the fallout of that decline in my health or the increase in my symptoms multiplied like some kind of like bacterial organism and it was just really you know it happened quite quickly and it bled into my mental state which combined with the darkness and the cold you know you get the picture right but that is just no way to live life right it's you know to think for a good three plus months of the year because let's think about 
the end of autumn and the beginning of spring, you know, still have that kind of winter energy, to be earmarked as the dreaded months, the dreaded season, to not look forward or to not enjoy that huge chunk of your life, just, no. It was actually my therapist, it was with my therapist that I started to plan to enjoy Earth's winter. It was in those sessions that the question was asked, how can I really lean into this winter? What are the things that I actually do like about winter? Because of course there are some. And how can I double down on those things that I enjoy? How can I really shine a light on them and and make them the things I look forward to? And what opportunities does winter actually offer me? These are all great questions to consider when you're heading into something that's unavoidable, that you're not really looking forward to. And they're a great basis for planning for the winter of your chronic illness cycle, whether that happens in the Earth's winter or not. The winter of my chronic illness cycle has historically looked like an increase in symptoms, which means for me, drier, flakier, more inflamed and irritated skin, which then translates into my self-image being challenged, which then translates into an increase in anxiety and low mood. It also means lower energy, A, because it is winter and it's dark and it's the season for hibernation, but also because my body is working harder to heal my skin, you know, that's its job. And so my body needs to put in a lot of energy to try to heal that. Also, because I am working, you know, because of, as I explained, that kind of leads into that anxiety and low mood, which I'm working with, that can transition into depression, which, if you've ever experienced it, is exhausting. That's a brief overview of my winter anyway. It's important to say that although I have all of this information to work with, to help me plan and prepare, I'm also entering this season with a beginner's mindset because no two seasons are the same, no two winters are the same, no two summers are the same and to kind of go into them and thinking you know oh I know what's going to happen, not only is that not very helpful but it can also put you in quite, it can also kind of foster a bit of a victim mentality you know the feeling of of being a victim because if you know for example xyz is going to happen in the winter of your cycle it's so easy to fall into that victim mentality mindset right i have already noticed a fractional fractional increase in symptoms following a decrease in the sunshine you know windier colder weather outside which always affects my skin But also because I have, you know, in summer, as I explained in the last episode, I've experimented with some new things. I've been experimenting with new things that are testing my body. And so I am already tweaking what I'm doing to add that extra layer of support that I need. And I'm using, I'm using that intelligence. I'm using the signals and the signs and the information that my chronic illness is giving me to help me navigate the way I live, 
Right, so with that background, let's get to it. Number one, this comes first and foremost. Strengthening the connection I have with myself and my body. The flighty, active energy of summer means that that connection can get a bit pixelated and unclear, which is totally okay and to be expected in the summer. That's what summer is about. But I know that autumn and winter are the time I want to bring it back into focus. I want to have that line of communication open and clear so that I can check in with myself, with my body and my chronic illness and listen to my inner voice and wisdom. You know, talking about that fractional increase in my symptoms, that line of communication is open. I'm I'm receptive. I'm not kind of seeing my symptoms and going, ah, quick, get rid of them or what can I do or everything's going wrong or breaking or whatever I need fixing. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, huh, okay, I'm noticing a bit of symptoms. Why could that be? And what is my body asking of me? What's my chronic illness asking of me? And this is where that beginner's mindset comes into play. Again, I'm not going into it thinking I know it all. I'm going into it wanting to learn, ready and open to adapt and looking forward to uncovering new parts of myself, right? Because if I'm learning, I'm learning new things about myself. I'm learning new things about what I love, what my preferences are, what I don't like so much. And and all of that helps to shape life. My go-to ways of connecting with myself are meditation and walking without distraction from podcasts or music. Whilst I love doing that, it kind of fills my brain with other things, you know? And therapy, talking therapy. I am also feeling the pull to bring back some more, not dynamic in the way of like fast, but dynamic in the way of complex movement into that equation, into that connection equation. So I can really feel into my body and it's a great way of checking in with your body, you know, moving through the different parts of it and feeling, oh, does that feel a bit stiff or tense or tight or knotty or whatever and why might that be I have started bringing back yoga into my week as a way of just doing that in a guided way because what I know about myself is whilst I I was funny I was listening to a podcast this morning and and it was talking about wanting to want something and free movement is something I kind of want to want um I want to want it because it looks great and I want that feeling that I can kind of see people have from free movement but I also know that if I'm doing something that's guided I am way more likely to do it Um, and that's kind of like a compromise I make because yeah I don't feel like perhaps I'd get that complete body connection I did a great podcast with Leslie Asari back in season three. Nope, season two. And she is a fountain of knowledge when it comes to this. So do listen to that. But yeah, for me, for now, it's guided. As a wee aside to this kind of connection to myself and my body, I also did something completely, it was a mistake, but it's meant that I can't log into Instagram on my phone anymore which has actually been a blessing in disguise. I just get an error message every time. 
even when I deleted the app, because I kind of went through a phase of deleting the app, you know, like daily or whatever, as a way of not mindlessly logging in, but I would end up re-downloading it like five times a day. So now that I can only log in on my computer, it means that I log in once a day and I only stay on it for like five to 10 minutes because probably because the functions aren't as good as on a computer and you can't really see things as well. Um, It's not designed for a computer, is it? So this has actually really helped me to get out of other people's lives and back into my own. So reconnecting with my own life, with my own self. I can still stay like connected in terms of friendships that I've made with people on there. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. With full transparency though, I have found myself tuning into YouTube where I hadn't before. But because that's like longer form content, I'm not trying to process a million different people's lives all in one day. It's funny when I look at the place that social media has in our lives now and there's a sense of like, sometimes it's a necessary part of life. That's something I'm kind of contemplating at the moment. Um, Not for everybody, of course, but for those of us who have grown up with it or for those of us you know, where it came into our lives kind of later on. Um, You know, I think that it is something that we have this pull towards need for. I don't know what it is, but yeah, anyway, as I say, in contemplating it. So number two, I have been, or I am looking forward to reconnecting with the practices that help support me mentally. That is in terms of anxiety, low mood and depression. A note on anxiety, for me, when I experience anxiety and when I'm anxious and when there is a rise in adrenaline in my body, it can trigger skin itchiness. I think I've talked about before, I have kind of like a habitual scratching of my skin and this is often when I'm not connected with myself and there has been a spike in adrenaline or I'm not present and I've made the space for anxiety to really bed itself in. I notice myself mindlessly mindlessly scratching my skin and that's a real signal for me. Oh, you know, what's going on? And I'll I'll, I'll notice, you know, now nah, I'm not really as present as I as I like to be or yeah, I am actually feeling really anxious at the moment. And this is why it's really really important for me to do the things that help me stay present and calm and in that slow non-reactive state that I've really loved developing over the past year or two as a baseline not as a reaction to experiencing anxiety but as a proactive step to help you work through anxiety in a way that is healthy to you. Have you noticed how anxiety or feeling anxious affects your chronic illness? Does it trigger any symptoms within you? It is something to think about. The reason I'm saying reconnect, not connect, is because, as I say, in the, you know, summer brings about such a different energy. And in the summer, for me, anxiety and adrenaline, they feel different. They're somehow something I feel more able to channel into action almost and or reframe and stop them from spiraling spiraling and bedding in but in the winter i find i feel them i feel the the effects of them more 
So again, this one looks for me this winter like yoga and meditation and walks in nature. But it's also making sure I get out, you know, just literally get outside when it's sunny and when it's windy and rainy. I am one of those people that will sit inside and see and hear and see the wind and it will, I don't love it, it sets me on edge a bit. But I have found that the antidote to the wind is to get out in it and to really feel it and you know again not fight it or resist it or reject it or push it away you know not sit inside inside my home and just look at it and think oh there's this barrier between me and the wind but to yeah so I've just had a bit of an epiphany but um yeah to really actually feel it and be within it and again see what see what it brings about in me I'll probably also get my red light out of the cupboard. I bought a red light, like a infrared light a couple of winters ago as it can really help with collagen uh, production. And I was going through a really, really tough time with my skin. Um, so I bought that, but I also found probably more than I noticed any collagen production. A huge benefit from it was the because you sit in front of it for like 10, 20 minutes. So that meant, what else am I going to do but meditate for 20 minutes? So that was good. Um, I also found that warmth, that warm colour, but also the, the actual warmth from the light was such a lovely thing in the winter. I want to say this kind of, you know, the practices that do help support me mentally really, really looks like in the winter, reaffirming that I am safe, I have got my back and even when or even if my symptoms get super active I'm not going to abandon myself I'm not going to check out and that ultimately I will be okay. Number three I am going to embrace the hibernation I love hibernation (laughs) so I really look forward to that time of year when it just fits so well. This shift in gear sees me spending a lot of time in the comfort of my own home, not doing much, wrapped in a blanket, watching Netflix, you know how it goes. There was a time that hibernation and downtime was really conflicting, you know, for me. It was, in one hand, I loved it and and I knew deep down I loved it. I wanted to want to love it, right? Um, But it also triggered a lot of harmful self-talk. And I think that's because I was in a place where I blamed my chronic illness for a lot of the way I was living my life. So I'd think of all the people, all those other people who didn't live with chronic illness, who could live freely. They were out doing things whilst I was stuck inside. I'd think of all the things I could be doing and I'd call myself lazy. And I'd be like, oh, you know, all those horrible words that you say to yourself when you're in that state of mind. And I'd fight the exhaustion, right? Because I'd obviously be hibernating because I'd feel I was feeling tired or exhausted. But I would exhaust myself even further by fighting it and by saying, you know, I'd do something around the house and would then inevitably not get that thing done, right? And then again, harmful self-talk. But now I see hibernation as a choice, as a privilege even, right? And that's possible for you to to see hibernation as a choice wherever you are 
in your chronic illness journey, wherever it's at right now and however it looks. Rather than saying your chronic illness is stopping you from doing all the things you want to do and saying you have no choice but to stay inside, take that autonomy back, take that choice back and see it as you choosing to have a bed or a sofa day or days because you want to support your body and right now that's what support looks like. Release yourself from any obligation to do anything. Pick your favourite blanket. Make it as indulgent as possible, right? Get dedicated cosy clothes. Drink hot chocolates or soups or broths or whatever and watch something that you love and that makes you feel good. And communicate honestly with your close people or people that need to know that that is what you're doing. Literally say, I'm hibernating today or... I hibernated this week or weekend if they ask what you got up to and you feel that like pressure to say you've done something. No, just say you hibernated. Chances are, (laughs) this has been my experience anyway, they will be mega jealous and wish they could honour themselves and their needs in that same way. If you've got kids or animals to look after, think about whether you can arrange for someone to help you out on those hibernation days you know that's that support network I talk about lean on it or can you turn it into a team hibernation day make it something that everybody in your household looks forward to if you need to take sick leave from work but can't can you work from home and do it from your sofa or bed or wrapped in your blanket and in your cozy clothes and all of that wonderful stuff Something that Marie Forleo says is everything is figureoutable. And if you need, if you want to choose those hibernation days for yourself, how can you make them happen? That said, there is something I want to caveat this kind of point with. The day is never over until it's over. Sometimes, even on my hibernation days, I find it really helpful from a mental wellness perspective to set myself just one task. It could be tiny or medium-sized. It could be something as simple as literally stepping outside my front door. I don't give myself a time and I don't think about it all day, you know, until it's done. It's not one of those things that's just on in my (laughs) part of my mental load. I just trust that I will do it. And know that if I don't, there will be no hateful self-talk or unhelpful consequences. I remember that the day isn't over until it's over. And if I get a spike in energy at some point, which on hibernation days honestly usually happens for me mid-afternoon because I've recuperated and, you know, a bit of energy comes in. That's lovely. Makes total sense, right? But I'll do that one thing then. The day isn't over until it's over. Number four. I'm making sure my home is as cosy and calm as it can be. For me, September feels more like a new year than January the 1st. I love to have a bit of a deep clean of my home, declutter and think about what I can bring into my home to embrace the season and give me lots of lovely things to look at. Whilst I'm hibernating, for example. Last year, I brought in lots of like dried dead plants it sounds a bit weird dried dead plants and seed heads in a very lovely way you know 
I really felt the need to embrace grief last winter. And actually, I'm so glad I gave myself that opportunity because it really, really helped me move through some things. And having those things around me really supported that. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. It also gave me a really like wholesome, lovely, nourishing way to take my winter walks. Because I was always on the lookout for these lovely things. And, and actually, it made me really appreciate what was around me you know it's not the kind of lush green and vibrant colors of the summer but actually there's so much beauty to look at which reminds me I want to go to my favorite place to walk to look at the autumn colors as they change this year I'm also feeling a pull towards like warm light so I was really hoping to install a log burner but that's a no-go for this year um so instead I'm looking at candlelight I'm going to be buying some lovely candles from small indie businesses because that always feels nicer and let's support small where we can. Um, And I'm going to have a great time arranging them around my home and buying nice holders for them or whatever. Something my mother-in-law, who is Swedish, does is she lights a candle in the winter mornings So she'll get up and have her morning coffee and light a candle. I hear it's the done thing. Um, But I've always loved it and I will be carrying out that tradition myself. The home environment also translates for me to my wardrobe. In past winters, all sense of caring about what I look like or what I looked like went out the window. 
And of course, this has come from not wanting to be seen because my eczema has been active and I've just not cared about, you know, what I look like because that story about me not feeling worthy of dressing in a way that helps me to feel good. And I've not wanted to draw attention to myself. But since last winter or the winter before, I can't remember, I have decided to invest in one or two pieces of clothing, non-base layer clothing, you know, that will keep me warm. I will love. They will be from a brand I feel good about buying from. They will feel good against my skin if it's sore. So that looks for me like lots of natural materials. And it'll feel good when I'm wearing it. I will feel good. I will feel like I want to be seen. Now this item of clothing could be something to wear around the house and actually one thing I'm really keen on is making sure our hibernation and our house clothes make us feel good too. It could be pyjamas or something I wear when I'm out and about seeing people. Number five, I am planning and looking forward to eating lots of nourishing food. And that's nourishing on multi-dimensions. A kind of naive or ignorant mistake. Through no real fault of my own, I have made in many winters gone by is to not eat enough, even though I ate a lot, like a lot, in terms of calorie-dense, nutritious foods. I have had a pattern for most of my life, really, of becoming quite underweight in the winter and to the point that my body hasn't been able to heal or even barely function. I never really understood that pattern until I understood that because my eczema was worse, my body was working a lot, lot harder to heal my skin as I talked about earlier and therefore needed more calories. But because society says thin is good, right? I almost ignored it because I saw what was happening. You know, that was a tick from society. And it resulted me in me becoming incredibly unwell. So this winter and for a few winters, you know, sit past since I actually got my head around that and unlearned all that stuff that society teaches you about body image I'm going to be enjoying the hell out of delicious calorie dense nutritious foods for me that looks like fatty cuts of meat it looks like surprisingly for someone with a skin condition dairy think double cream full fat milk butter and cheese coconut milk based curries you know all that warming lovely food These are foods I enjoy all year round, but I'm going to be making sure, so my kind of focus needs to be (laughs) that most of my calorie intake, and I don't count calories by the way, I'm just, you know, saying that as a broad term for measuring, Um, it comes from nutrient dense foods (laughs) instead of the copious amounts of ice cream I ate over the summer or ice lollies or just foods that, you know, keep you cool whilst not filling you up or whatever because in summer you just don't want any of that or the copious amount of chocolate I like to consume in the winter I'm still going to be eating all of that good stuff 
but just really concentrating, really putting that focus on that nutrient-dense food, calorie-rich food. As I say, I'm not going to be tracking anything in terms of calories or weight or anything like that. I never do. That's a really unhealthy way for me to go, personally. But the only thing I will be tracking and paying attention to is how my body responds. And for me, this needs to feel wholesome and nourishing on levels beyond the nutrients, you know, those individual nutrients of the food. You know, it needs to feed my soul. It needs to make me feel happy. It needs to taste great. All of those things that food should be. I I need to enjoy making it and shopping for it and all of that stuff that goes into actually what food is on our plate. It's funny, I felt quite tricky talking about food and I always do because there are so many conflicting opinions and ethoses when it comes to food. So I do want to put a little disclaimer here. Of course, there's going to be some controversy over my choice of food. And as I say, I don't usually like to talk about it because not only are we all in, you know, very different camps, ethically, etc., But I also know that the needs of our bodies are all so different. What I eat now has come from body feedback over the past decade. I've gone through cycles of eating what I have been told I should. I've not eaten what I've been told I shouldn't. I've prioritised eating for the benefit of other things and causes above myself and my health. I've cut things out when they have genuinely triggered symptoms in the past and I have reintroduced things, take dairy for example, when my body has been able to digest and absorb them better and they've actually felt like a really healthy food for me. I do make sure I buy my meat, dairy and my fruit and vegetables from sources that are regenerative, that are free range and grass fed and that's talking about obviously the meat and the dairy, that are organic where possible and farmer first. I prefer to buy from the smaller independent brands and businesses than going into the supermarket. Of course that happens, but that is my aim. And that is really, really important to me. The thing I would say above all else when it comes to food and diet is that you need to put the health of your body first because you can be doing all the things that you know people and books and whatever say you should you can be aligning to ethics in one camp or the other but if none of that stuff is feeding your body what it needs to be fed then how far can you go with it and really what good is it doing You can only really see how your body responds to a food by tuning in and connecting and taking note. And that takes me back to point one, right? Anyway, that was a bit off topic, but I kind of feel I needed to say it. So those are my five. I want to point out, right, that I'm not doing anything new to me here. This is all stuff I've done before. It's in my toolbox. It's stuff I know I like. It's stuff I know that works. And it's stuff that I'm attracted to. I'm feeling pulled to and I'm not giving myself this like quote-unquote overhaul of my life for winter project because that is just so not necessary 
yes, we can feel like we need to give everything a big, big overhaul, but that's never sustainable. Just doing little, little things, little tweaks, little changes, whatever. That's the direction we want to go in because we don't want to cause ourselves extra stress. I am just tweaking and rearranging and I'm using autumn. So autumn's like, yeah, that's how I'm going to see autumn as my, as my transition phase to help me work these things into my life slowly over time so that they remain sustainable, so that they remain enjoyable and so that that progression that I'm looking for using this winter to support my overall growth can happen. And in that I want to point out how much growth will actually happen or is possible for me and for you this winter, this winter seasonally or this winter of my or your chronic illness cycle. When you look outside at the grey and the muddy landscape or when you look at your body and see that your chronic illness is more active, it can be really easy to think of stagnation or degradation and feel like, oh, I'm taking all these steps backwards. I'd made so much progress in the summer of my chronic illness cycle and now I'm taking a step backwards and I never feel like I'm getting anywhere with this, blah, blah, blah. But that couldn't be further from the truth because there is so, so much growth that happens. It's just more beneath the surface. It's at that core foundational level and it provides such a well-established springboard come late spring or summer. Everything I've talked about just now comes from the energy of winter, right? So winter has given me these things, this inspiration, these ideas, but it also feeds back into it. It's that symbiotic loop. It's almost like the leaves have fallen from the trees and then they go to the ground and then they break down and they feed the soil with that compost. That's that. That's how I see this cycle. And then the nutrients from those leaves and that compost then provide the ground, the earth, with what it needs to generate the growth, the shoots, so that come summer, those flowers can grow and bloom again. What a beautiful, beautiful image. I hope this episode has given you some things to think about, whether you're about to head into the winter of your chronic illness cycle, or whether you're debriefing as you come out of one. I'd like to leave you with one question. How can you really lean into this winter and allow it to support you? That's it from me today. I will be back next week. And I should have said this at the beginning of the episode, but I am looking for you to send me one goal or ambition or aim that you are working towards. Something that you've got in mind that you would love to do or something that you are currently taking steps towards and you want to know how to do it in a more chronic illness informed way because next week I'm going to be going through a handful of submissions from this wonderful community and I'm going to be speaking about how you can work towards your goals in a more chronic illness informed way. Next week I also launch the or open the waitlist for your chronic illness ally. I'm so excited to actually just go through the launch because I've got so much fun stuff planned (laughs) but also to welcome those of you that sign up into that program it is such a transformational thing that takes you through 
every season of your chronic illness helps you to reconnect with yourself helps you to rebuild those parts of yourself that have been lost to living the chronic illness struggle so that will be open next week I will tell you all about it then I'm wishing you a lovely couple of days ahead whenever you're listening to this and I will speak soon lots of love time for me to tell you about my newsletter it's honestly one of my most favorite things to do within this business it's a place where you can connect with me more deeply where you can connect with how chronic illness shows up in your life more deeply i share a lot of my personal experience um, with life with chronic illness over there and it's also a place you can find out how you can work with me what projects i've got going on um, what programs i'm running whether i've got one-to-one space all of that good stuff. Um, You can sign up via the link in show notes or by visiting alanaholloway.com forward slash newsletter. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Bringing on board the right kind of support can be the missing piece of the puzzle that so many of us don't realize we actually need. What would you do if you had the most epic support squad by your side? What would that unleash in you and what would it make possible for you in your life? If you're wondering how to start figuring that out, if you've got no idea where to start, I've got the perfect thing for you. My quiz, are you more Michelle, Gaga or Mindy? And what would their support squad unleash in you is now live. You can find the link to it in the show notes and in the bio. Don't wait another moment.
Hop on over to the quiz to find out who you're channeling now.